Welcome to the Four Parents Podcast. I'm your host, Ivy Lassiter, and I'm so glad you're here. Pop in your earbuds and multitask while we talk about all the parenting stuff, lessons learned, funny stories, and practical wisdom from normal people who've been there. Let's get started. About seven and a half years ago, my son Warren was a few months old, and our family had a Saturday routine of walking to our neighborhood Starbucks. Every Saturday, we did this. And every Saturday, Larry was there. And everyone in our neighborhood Starbucks knew Larry, and he knew everybody. It was great. But Larry told us about his daughter, Sarah, and he told us that Sarah was pregnant with twins. And then he told us that his daughter had those twins incredibly prematurely. He showed us pictures and everything and told us some things about what his daughter and son-in-law were going through. I remember it really sitting with me like I kind of couldn't stop thinking about it. I remember praying for her and those twins, but not really knowing too much about them. I think it just hit me a little closer because here I was a new mom and it just felt close to home. Well, fast forward seven and a half years later and those twins are in my son's school. They're in the same grade, first grade. One of the twins is in my son's class. And not only that, they sit at the same little table. I mean, and apparently they're winning lots of table points, which means that Warren comes home with erasers or Jolly Ranchers. It's very exciting and a big deal. But anyways, I had the opportunity to hear more details from their birth um, a few weeks ago at a dinner. And wow, I was so inspired and I'm excited to get to share it with you here. By the way, we actually recorded this in a different venue than I typically do and with different equipment than I typically use. Oh, the conversation was filmed, which was super stressful to us. We we would rather just be audio, but it was filmed and you can find it. I'll link it in the notes, but really we're fine if you don't watch it. You can just you can just listen. But the sound, because of that, the sound is just a little different than usual. So just a heads up on that. All right, here we go. You and your husband find out you're pregnant with twins. Yes. What did that feel like? Well, we had been um, trying to get pregnant for a while. Okay. And I'm not even sure if I ever mentioned this, but we did um, fertility treatment to get pregnant. Okay. No, I didn't know that. And so it was kind of a whole other layer of the fact that we like yes. really prayed over and fought for. And that's a whole other element of like God's just tenderness towards yeah. me in this because I was really scared of for some of the fertility treatment options because didn't want to there's gray areas and there's a lot of decisions and for sure just, and I was just like I don't really want to have to decide all that and long story short God was really sweet and gave me a real peace about pursuing yeah. like as we would hit walls and things wouldn't have still didn't work and the next option he just kept telling me like just go do it just do yeah. it like just do it yeah and I know that's not what he says to everyone but what exactly. he did say to me was like just trust me like yeah and I ended up with just the number I mean I ended up with three embryos mm-hmm. and I have three children and it's, which is just crazy. <laughs> um, so the first, after, after all was said and done, we put two in yeah, just hoping that one of them would take. And yeah. I just, even though we did that, it should have, shouldn't have been a surprise that we were pregnant, uh, yeah. but, but it still, still was, you know, especially yeah. because we had heard like, no, 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 yeah. no, so many times. Yeah. And when I found out I was pregnant, I was in North Park Mall receiving a phone call from a nurse after I'd, you know, had to go in that morning for blood work or whatever. Yeah. And she called and said, 
you're very pregnant. <laughs> I was like, she knew from the blood work that it was. <clears throat> yes, they do. Right. Well, okay. she, she suspected because okay. the numbers were really, really high. Yeah. And knowing that they had put in two embryos, they yeah. were like, I bet, I mean, I bet that's what this is. Yeah. So we waited a little bit longer before the sonogram and that's when it was confirmed. And oh we, were really <laughs> we were surprised. Really okay. Cool. I want to just jump back like practically, because I think it's hard for, for us when we're, when, when there's lots of options, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, pursuing being pregnant, or I assume mm-hmm. another option could be yes. adoption yes. or, you know, there's, there's different roads that we are Absolutely. given. So what did it feel like? Like, how did you feel confident? What did that feel like for you? Um, you know, I guess just so much prayer and so much conversation with the Lord about like what yeah. I was afraid of, what I was worried about. Like I yeah. felt like he was always would would say like, okay, so what are you worried about if you do this? You know, yeah. I'd be like, well, what if this or what if that or, you know, all these things. And I guess I, I, I don't know that it's very tangible, right, to feel like in your spirit, you just feel like God going like, just trust me. But there's like, just like a just voice okay. like in a your peace, spirit. You know, yeah. just like a peace. And I guess I just, I, I struggled and wrestled a little bit with some of the decisions I was supposed to be making. Like, should I pursue this? Should I not? All these things. Yes. And I just felt like God was telling me like, you can't mess up my plan. You're you. I'm me. Like, just, you know, and that gave me a lot of peace, and it still does. I operate in that a lot because I'm like, just just go until he shuts the door. Just do the, to quote Frozen, (laughs) just do the next right thing. You have voice, so maybe you don't know this, but, you know. I'm like, yeah, just do the next right thing. Yeah. the, and, and God has the power to close the door. Out. Yeah, and he'll yeah. shut it down. Like, you can pursue this with every every resource and dollar you have. And if it's not what I want for you and for my kingdom, like, it's not going to happen. That is so good. And yes. I just got a lot of peace out of that because I'm like, okay. And I so that was, I was very faithful in praying, like, with everything I was doing. But if this is not your will, like, please step in. Stay, yeah. Like, just stand in the gap for me and don't let me, like, take our life down a road that isn't what you're paving for us. You know, that oh, man. Just kind of was my prayer a lot. That is and so good. I feel like that was really rewarded and blessed because one of my biggest fears was like, and this happens and God has a plan for it when it does happen yeah. to end up with like way more embryos than you kind of know what to do uh-huh. with or, you know, or spend a ton of money and it not happen yeah. and then start the adoption process or, or should we have adopted all along and then we've wasted all this time and that baby's waiting for us and we, yeah. you know, like there's just so many things that could make me spin out. But then I'm like, oh, Lord, just he's you're, you've got he's it. got it. Like, so that gave me a lot of peace. That's so good. And just in hindsight, going like oh, it worked exactly the way. I mean, God just was kind in mm-hmm. giving me kind of a simple situation. That was my biggest fear. Was like, is this going to be really messy and? weird and we're going to have to make decisions of what to do with an embryo or what to do. And it was just like, no, you won't. Yeah. Just just trust me and I'll take care of that since that's what you're so worried about. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. So I was really surprised when we were having twins, but not terribly. Right. I mean, I shouldn't have been. (laughs) Well, (laughs) but I, I mean, I was just like, it, it worked. It's, it, (laughs) what we set out to do. And I thought, the irony too is that I thought everybody always told me because I was tall and like 
long torso, whatever that like, you're great for twins. Like you, you, you're built for twins. Like twins is really hard on the body and it's especially hard when you're tiny. Yeah. Little tiny stature person. Yeah. <laughs> There's not a lot of room for two humans in there. And everyone was like, Oh, you'll be great. You'll be fine. This will be so good. And, and then, then my yeah, so, like so then what happened <laughs> by medical standards? <laughs> and I was like, what happened to this all being yeah. Everyone's for saying yeah. that. So yeah. talk about that. Talk about. So, I mean, early on I, um, got pregnant, you know, got cleared from the fertility specialist and then started like spotting once uh, around 14 weeks. I went to the ER and we really thought we were miscarrying. <sighs> so it was just a lot. Yeah. Um, and it was too early for them to like really do anything to help save the pregnancy. It was just kind of like a wait and see. Yeah. And they admitted me because I lost so much blood. And but th- then I kind of stabilized, and they were like, "The babies are still fine." Like, just I had to be on bed rest from that point on. So Set fourteen, 14 weeks. weeks, I went on bed rest, and I don't remember exactly when I came off bed rest. Bed rest at home, though. Yes. Okay. I was in the hospital for a couple of days, and then they sent me home. Okay. And then, and then I was home for a while. I do know that I, I got cleared just before Christmas. Okay. And because I was really wanting to be able to go to Christmas Eve church. Sure. And I was yeah. just like, oh, I hope I not. And they were like, Yes, that's fine. You can go to Christmas so, Eve. Yeah. And at Christmas <laughs> Eve, during the Christmas Eve service, was the first time I like felt the baby kick or move just a random no. milestone of like oh, the first time and really one of the only times because not long after that they were born but um so then when did you go back to the hospital in mid-january okay I think. um i mean i was having lots of checkups okay all along the way and yeah sometime in january i went back in and i was in the hospital well, i was it's probably pretty late i think i was only in the hospital for uh, almost a week before okay. they were born and they and they were born at 25 weeks. Uh-huh. I went. I was I was admitted in the hospital at that point, and every morning I would go for a sonogram to like just check every morning. check them. Wow, they would just wheel me up like from the antepartum kind of holding tank to yeah. the office. Yeah, and then that particular morning, the doctor said, "Okay, we're gonna go ahead and have baby A right now." And I was like, "Not." I did not know <laughs> that that was gonna be the day, and it was yeah. You know, she was like coming out. She was forcing her little way out. Yeah. So talk about talk about the the when the hospital at what point the hospital intervenes when a baby is born. Remember? Okay. So yeah. yes, there's it's called like um, age of like viability. Yeah. So there's a point at a certain number of weeks in a pregnancy where they will say, okay, now this this baby is considered viable, savable, basically. Yeah. They will. It's. At that point, the baby is considered a patient when it's born, and they will do things. And before that, it's like before there's that, not it's a... considered like a miscarriage. Yeah. So there's just a, a line, yeah. and in different states and at different hospitals and at different times in history, that has has oh changed, gosh. and yeah. it's mo- it keeps moving further and further back yeah. as technology and things like that change. Yeah. They're like actually now we can support life from this point on. Yeah. You know, and at the time. That's why they were having, they had me in the hospital because they were just really trying to, I was on things to try to, you know, not make me go into labor and yeah. taking certain medicines and yes. all kinds of steroids and things like that. Cause I knew it was imminent and it was just kind of like everyday matters at that point. Yeah. And, um, it was like the cutoff was, <clears throat> I think 25 weeks and I delivered 25 weeks, two days. And it was just kind of like, 
oh, you know, any any just, another date in history, another mm-hmm, date mm-hmm. maybe wouldn't have happened, or another mm-hmm. state that maybe wouldn't mm-hmm. have happened. Yeah, and I just I remember being like, not at the time, even really putting it all together, but just a hindsight gets of to course, just, yeah, just so many markers yeah. of like God's faithfulness and God's just yeah. intervention and God's just aligning circumstances to again accomplish his purposes like his purposes were for these babies to be born whether it was because of what they're going to do for the kingdom or what their story does for the kingdom and I just feel like you know nothing can get in the way of that no infertility struggles and no you know medical issues like he's like I'm gonna just work this out out." yeah yeah (laughs) so then they were in the NICU for five months right yes uh, Ella Kate was like four and was like four and a half. She got discharged two weeks or so before yeah. he did. But yeah, they, we like lived there. It's kind of like feels like my first our first home, <laughs> like with right. as a family. Right. <laughs> like we have fond memories almost of like, oh, that's where we lived together. But <clears throat> like all those, I guess like for me, it's like oh, I remember the you know the mm-hmm. first month and us being in our home. But right. for you, that was. Being at the hospital, hospital with the nurse sweet nurses but, so what yeah. was it like to go home without them the first time um, yeah that was or was it every moments. time like did it get it did it get easier or i mean i, I bet it did get easier. i would say it got easier it became normal which was sad you know but yeah it, it be, i became like used to it the first time that's one of those milestones and i've spoken and like encouraged other women yeah. in this scenario and i i, I always say like that's definitely going to be one of your hardest days because it's just not, it's not the way it's supposed to be, you know? So yeah. that walking out of the hospital and you have to leave at some point, you yeah. get discharged. And they don't have a place for you. Not right? necessarily. Yeah. Like there's certain parts um, of that journey where you can stay there. And um, there's a couple rooms for parents to be able to stay over. Um, mm-hmm. If your child needs like, you know, kind of like that bedside vigil. Yeah. 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 Situation. But for the long haul stay, it's not you're not intended to be there every yeah. night. Um, so you do have to leave at some point, and that was hard. I mean, but it was just a sweet, it was a sweet hard, you know. Like my husband, I feel like half carried me out, you know, like arms around me, and like we had to walk out, and I was just like, <laughs> and yeah. I just didn't know what to do with myself, and I was still recovering from a. a one natural delivery and one C-section. Yeah, because you had to time. get them out at the same time. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And Judson was breech, which he knows. This, like, they both know a lot about their little story, but yeah. he t- just recently told a friend at school that he was stuck and had to be cut <laughs> off. That was funniest to me. And so I had to text somebody, someone and be like, Somebody's traumatized. Just so no. you know, I had, we had C section talk at our play date. Yeah. I just, so I took care of that for you. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, so I was still kind of recovering. Yeah. And I just remember getting set up on the couch. My husband, had a job interview because oh another he, he portion of that is he lost his job while I was on bed rest. And he, he had a job interview the day I was discharged. So he oh my brought gosh. me home, set me up on the couch, left, <laughs> but came home with a job. And so it was like, there we go. God was just, he orchestrated every little thing. You know, yeah. he lost his job when I was admitted after that first, when I was admitted that first time. So yeah. I had been in the hospital for maybe a day or two after this traumatic, like, we think we might be, you know, losing yeah. the twins moment. And he had to come home from work to the hospital and tell me that he was like, oh. oh. And I think he thought I was going to, like, 
lose it, you know? And yeah. he was just so worried about me and I was worried about him. And yeah. it was scary because we're like, wait, what? This is really not a great time to not have a job. But God was so good because he didn't have to work. He stayed with me. Like he was beside yeah. me and we walked that For the together. Whole thing. Yeah. You know, the, the heart, you know, like the hardest part kind of, we were together. Uh-huh. And then, Which you wouldn't have been <clears throat> had he had a job. Yeah. Yeah. I would have been on my own all, all those days, just stewing in my own yeah. you know, concerns or whatever. So I just, I'm so grateful for that. So good. And, you know, it's just a, another example of sometimes the things that we think are ill-timed and hard and challenging. Sometimes it's just God's provision. For sure. In a way that we can't see, you know. For sure. So. So perfect. talk about your... So he gets a job, and then for five months, your routine was yes, sleep routine. at home. Sleep at home, check on the babies in the middle of the night, because they had a little uh, camera, these little cameras that are like on their little isolate, that's what it's called, the little box that they were in, basically. And you could log in from home and watch it. So I would check, well, log in in the middle of the night when I woke up, because I was like pumping, you know? Yes. So that nursing and, and they weren't old enough to do that yet but working on that yeah and so I'd be up you know every three hours just like you are when you're feeding a baby yeah but pump. without the baby yeah without the baby so I had to look at my baby on the screen <laughs> and you know I'd call Jared would call to check he'd call the nurse in the middle of the night to check and see how you know how things were going we would hear their numbers and their oxygen saturation levels and different things just you know your husband's has a is in the medical. Yes, right? he's a PA, so he knows um, a lot about all of those. Yeah, I mean, NICU babies are a whole different right. world. But yeah, honestly, we both learned so much. When I have conversations with people, sometimes they're like, "Oh, are you in healthcare?" I'm like, "No, but I lived in the hospital for five months." So I know a lot about I thought it. Thought I was yes. by the end of it because I mean, you do. You just talk to the nurses all day long about it, all this like minutia of how they're, how they're doing. Yeah. You know. They tell you day one, like, this is going to be a roller coaster. There's lots of ups, lots of downs. It's two steps forward, like, three steps back, like, the whole time. And eventually, you know, you might be better and get home. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, but, like, along the way, you're going to have a lot of, like, today was a good day. Today was a terrible day. Like, med- medically, not just, like, your right. mood. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Like, like, they're not going in the right direction right, right now. Yeah, there, there were a lot of days like that. So my routine was just get up. He would go to work. I'd get up and go to the hospital. I'd sit next to their little beds. Um, were they together? So, yeah, the, their room had four beds in okay. it. It was a big room. I mean, it was almost the size of this room. Mm-hmm. It had four bed, four isolates with a little the nurse's desk and a computer and all the monitors and machines hooked up with a little chair next to it. And so my two were next to each other, and then there was two other beds. And... During our NICU stay, we were there for a very long time, yes. obviously. And some people are there for a week. Some people are there for two or three nights. Some people are there for, you know, a month. Like, yeah. We had several people come and go, come and go, come and go. And it would just became a joke, kind of, the nurses, because I'd be like, oh, hello. You're here for two seconds? I'm so sorry for you. But <laughs> not, not really. I'm still here. I, yes. <laughs> but I did get, uh, I mean, even in that moment, I'm so thankful for God like stirring my heart towards that. I prayed a lot about just like not letting any of this be wasted. Um, yeah. And I just feel like I came in contact with a lot of people who came and went and I was able to just like be this, like maybe I, my goal was to be this display of like, yeah, this is not great, but like I have hope. Yes. And if you want to know why I can tell you, like if you want to know why I'm 
hanging in there, it's because yeah. of Jesus. Yes. And it's because, like, I know that God has ordained the number yes. of their days, whatever that is. Yeah. And I'm here for it. Yeah. You know? And I just feel like, I don't necessarily know that, like, people are, like, just dropping, like, flies and joining the kingdom of God because of, like, our interaction. But I know that, like, it's that seed sowing, yes. watering yeah. seeds situation. And I know that, like, doctors and nurses and technicians all saw the way for my sure. family like walked through that for I mean, sure i couldn't hold my kids for a long time like i think lk was a week judson was a month before we could pick them up oh my gosh they were just too fragile even attached the, to the cords like at the beginning it was too touch and go <laughs> um so i didn't, didn't hold, hold them for a month he was in his thing covered up his they couldn't regulate their own body temperature so they were concealed in this chamber <laughs> like hooked up to everything could hard I mean it yes so we sat next to them and, and watched just looked at them and prayed for them yeah and sang songs oh my gosh. and read from little baby bibles that people gave us and things and you know there were definitely parts like something another part of that that I always like to share is like scripture talks about like how the holy spirit intercedes for us when we don't know what to say and don't know how to pray and I just it is so true. Yeah. It is a hundred percent true. If you've never experienced it and you don't understand what it might look like, just yeah. know that it is so true and so yeah. real because I mean, so many people were praying for me that yeah. I didn't even know. I have yeah. so many stories of people who shared. So besides the fact that like the body of Christ was like lifting us up yeah, and just like holding our arms up. Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was also, just the component of like me sitting there sometimes not knowing how to pray or what to say or what to ask for, but just kind of that our stillness was yeah. like holy. Yeah. Because kind of, I knew yeah. like, and also there were days that I just whispered Jesus. Like yeah, I know. And yeah. I didn't know, like it's not a prayer necessarily, but it's, and it's just a word, but it's, there's power in the name there's of Jesus. Power. So that's where it was. And it was breaks like, through darkness I just would and yeah. whisper. Yeah. And be like, okay. That's all I have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was really hard. There were, I mean, that's the thing is that it was a really hard season. It was scary and it was not something I would wish on anybody, but like it was so rich mm -hmm. with God's love and his provision and yeah. his tenderness and his goodness and his presence Yeah, that I would, I would redo it mm -hmm. and I wouldn't change them. Yeah. Yeah. I think we can underestimate or like, I guess I easily forget that when you follow Jesus, he gives you the gift of the Holy spirit inside of you. And so wherever you go, the Holy spirit is there yeah. and his presence is there. And so you may feel like we may feel like, well, I'm sitting here in this, you know, hospital I don't have the words to say. I don't have the, like, I'm not pulled together in this moment right. or I'm not, but like the, the presence of Jesus is with you mm -hmm. and there's power in that and it impact people notice mm -hmm. that, you Absolutely. know, I mean, um, and I think, I mean, it, it's my husband will even says he drops off my son and he's like, allocates mom. I mean, she just exudes joy. He's noticed that oh, at pickup. That's sweet. And that's because of the Holy Spirit inside that's of you. And that same Holy Spirit was in the hospital, mm -hmm. like, 
sitting there with your children, and you know? I, I always tell everyone, like, I can only boast about all this because I'm boasting in Christ. Like, yeah. And I am the first to tell you, like, <laughs> I shared this at a Bible study last night. I was not a great candidate on paper for this to occur, <laughs> too. Like, if I were God and I was going, which person will handle this, this great. with grace and wisdom and stability and just show the world, like, yeah. you know, they can trust me? Like, it probably, I would have been like, not that one because she yeah. is a hot mess like of anxiety little ball of anxiety <laughs> and but and then that's what else was so great is that people who knew me so deeply yeah saw an actual transformation in me really i would love to say that i've held on to that yeah day in and day out now <laughs> not somehow it's not, it's not always there but what's so great is just how god just like I don't know. He doesn't, you know, call the equipped. He equips the yes. call. That's exactly how it felt yes. because people, my best friend is like, I don't like people be like, is she, is she always this like stoic, like stoic sounds like I was like, mm. but like just so stable. calm and I was just yes. peaceful. Peace, yeah. I, was pe- I had peace that passes understanding. That's what I say yes. all the time. Like it makes no sense to have peace in this moment. But you had But I had it. And the peace wasn't, this is going to be okay. Because I didn't know that. And I couldn't claim that this was going to be okay. God does not promise us that everything is going to be okay. He promises us that he is with us, Mm -hmm. that he will not leave us, and that he can give us peace even when nothing is okay. And that is how I felt. And that is what I know I was exuding, not by my own power, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because people noticed it in me. And people were like... Oh, she's actually not normally this together about stuff. And to the point that my best friend and roommate from college was like, I think she might be in shock. No. <laughs> you know, like kept waiting for me to just like lose my mind. She's going to lose it here in a minute. Like <laughs> I, I can see it. Yeah. I mean, I did some days. There were days. Yes, there were days yeah. that everything kind of just and like the bottom that, fell out. Yeah. And again, that just shows like God's there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I tell everyone I, and I, this is what I told you the other night, like, my children, all children are miracles, blah, blah, blah. You know, I look yeah. at their lives and what they can do and what, what they, you know, don't struggle with. And yes. it's a miracle yes. medically. Yes. Um, I see their health and their healing as a blessing, like yes. a huge blessing. But to me, the miracle is God's presence oh. that was palpable during that season. Yes. Because some people's kids don't get well. Yeah. You know, some people beg and plead for God to spare them from a certain pain. And for sure. And doesn't. Yeah. And that doesn't make him less holy or less loving or less powerful or less good. Um, so I just never wanted it to be like, look at this. Look what God did for me. My kids are so healthy. They can do this. They can do that. They don't need this. They don't need that. Like, I don't know. That didn't sit well with me. Probably because yeah. I walked through NICU life with a yeah, lot of couples and families that had different outcomes than yeah. us. But I believe fully that, like, the miracle and the goodness of God that was on display was the fact that he was near. Mm-hmm. And and I got to see him work and move and heal and be God. Yes. You know, I got to see things. Yes. I, got, I got this blessing. Like, people don't get to see their baby you know, built in yeah. that, that part. Usually yeah. it's, in, it's happening yes. here, but mine yes. happened in a little plastic in a, box, yes. you know? Yeah. So there were just things that I'm like, wow, I got to watch the Lord's splendor yeah. and glory on display and his promises 
at work, like yeah. in this room, you know? Yes. And there was a, a moment um, at one point in the journey, Ellicate uh, was having some struggles with eat, like eating, you know, their little guts aren't like developed and can't process real food. So it was hard to kind of move towards them learning how to eat. Yeah. Um, they were too fed most of the time. And in the beginning it was kind of like just IV like electrolytes and stuff. Uh-huh. And then they start like trying to get them a little bit of like breast milk yeah. and this tube fed. And then sometimes they would not tolerate that and have to back off. And so it was just a lot of like trying and trying. And she was struggling with that and having digestion issues and stuff. So they had to take her off to a different part of the hospital for a test. And it's real complicated to move these little fragile kids. So they have to hook them up to all these portable versions of the machines that they're and the monitors are hooked up to. Uh-huh. And a team comes and wheels them out to go to where the test is administered. And, um, they, I was upset. Like they took her and it was just her leaving the room and I couldn't go with her. And I, you know, I was just upset. Yeah. And at that moment, another baby in our room was having had a visitor and it was their family pastor. Mm -hmm. And this man noticed that I was upset and asked if he could pray for me. And I was like, yes. So he started praying for me and this, you know, our, all of our kids. And he started praying. I will never forget that he prayed that when our kids are running around, you know, laughing and chasing each other in a field that we, we would like remember like what God had done. And it, I don't even remember all the other things he said, but I remember the imagery of them like running and being kids. And I had not let myself picture them being kids. I was just staying day by day, like trusting the Lord and dealing with what today is bringing to us. And, you know, and I think in that moment I was kind of convicted, like I have not even let myself think about that, but you know, Maybe I should. And you yeah. still think about it. And I still think about it now all the time. And that man yeah. just has no idea that that was like so impactful for me. But it it has affected my prayer life in other ways too. Of just like, hey, you know, pray the big stuff. Yeah. Ask for the big stuff. Like, believe it. That when and he let says God that give he you will big do vision. all you, yeah. like he can do more than all you could ask and yes. imagine. Like immeasurably yes. more. Like, yes. that, you know, don't just, don't just ask to get by. Ask to flourish. Yeah. Like, for his his glory yeah not because not like oh let me just ask for all the big things you know <laughs> be a big wanter want i want a happy life but because it's you like, want god yeah. to be glorified in it yeah so what other specific ways did you see god show up like mm-hmm. that pastor at just the right mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. you know Gosh, i feel like there's a lot of examples of that but um just small kindnesses along the way like like that pastor and like one night our um, son was really struggling. His oxygen levels were always a struggle and he stayed on the ventilator. He actually came home on oxygen. So he had this little bitty, like, oh my gosh. like the old grandma who wheels yes. her tank yeah, 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 yeah. He we had, had the baby version of that. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, um, so that was just always a struggle for us when we were in the hospital. And there was one night that he was just not doing well and yeah. we were just not going to leave, you know? Um, cause it yeah. was kind of, I have, I have a memory of that night being like, a, I yeah. don't know if, if he's going to make, make it. Yeah. And we had a couple moments like that during the, during yeah. the few months, but this one in particular, the doctor was someone I really, really liked. And this, he was just always really 
reassuring and encouraging. And normally, especially in the night shift, the doctor rounds on all the babies. Mm-hmm. But in between their rounds, they go to like an on-call room and sleep. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so it's like the, the NICU doctor? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So each baby has a nurse that's like assigned to them that never leaves their side. Wow. And like tends to them. But yeah. then the doctor comes every three hours and goes to each you know, okay. maybe and kind of like okay. updates, orders, whatever tests, check some things, you know, and obviously they're accessible if there's an issue, but yes. they, they just kind of round. And a lot of times at night they sleep Yeah, when everything's quiet yeah. and nobody needs anything. Mm-hmm. And Jetson was at like his oxygen saturation was kept dipping really low and he was at the highest flow of oxygen yeah. they can give. He was at a hundred percent. The machine was turned all the way up and there yeah. was nowhere really to go yeah, from yeah, there. Yeah. And I just, I was sitting by him like with my eyeballs like crossing because I was yes. so tired and trying to, I mean, I was a newborn mom of twins. I was still up every three hours around the clock mm-hmm. and managing that stuff during the day. So, I mean, I was tired physically yes. you know, and emotionally. And, and emotionally. <laughs> I'm like, the, so, I, mean, I was the, trying to pull yeah. the all night vigil praying and sit, you know, but yes. even still your body at some point is like, is breaking down. Yeah. yeah You're so, like, I gotta have sleep. I was just like, you know, kind of nodding off in the chair or whatever. And he was like, and I remember him saying, like, like I told you earlier, there are some rooms there that have, like, beds. It's kind of right. like a mini little hotel room right. that you can stay for a night or two, things like that. He, he was like, there's a, a room down the hall. Why don't you go take a nap? Why don't you close your eyes? I'm I'm not going to leave. I'm going to sit here in between rounds, and I'll stay right here. Because you didn't want him to be alone. And I had this, yeah. you know, I, ha- I remember that still to this moment that he recognized that I just couldn't leave his side yeah. but I was kind of hitting a wall and yeah. I, and he was like just go close your eyes like I'm yeah. gonna sit right here by him Yeah, and that gave me so much peace and I did I went and took a little nap and when I woke up you know he had he kind of turned a corner and yeah. was doing a little bit better and trended back in a better direction the next morning you know the next day yeah. new mercies every morning so oh my gosh I have that memory yeah of just that being like the Lord bringing me exactly what I for sure you know and kind of reminding me that you don't have to be everything for these people right I have other people in mind who are gonna step serve them love them guide them like it's not all this is not all your responsibility and that is a good takeaway for motherhood in general oh it's so tempting to want to carry all of it and feel like it's our job yes. to fix everything mm-hmm. and make everything go right. And that's never our and I job. And that's, I feel like something else the Lord's been teaching me currently is like, he's like, you're, you're taking on more than I have, have asked you to. Like, yeah. this was not my intention for you to be there. You're not their salvation. You're not yes. their, you know, any Re- of Redeemer? This. Yeah. You're not supposed to fix their yeah. problems. I mean. And I just. I, I was struggling some with that. Um, my NICU experience was, I it was almost easy to trust God because I had no other option. I couldn't even pick mm-hmm. up my child. Yeah, I could not physically care for them. So the all I could option. do was sit and pray yeah. and trust yeah. and see his faithfulness. Yeah. But when we got home and you know life got more normal, uh-huh. I started picking up more of the tasks yes. And all of a sudden, I would find myself, I mean, it was harder for me to trust the Lord with the little things. And I would—I uh-huh. remember wrestling with that some for the first year or two. Like, why was it that I felt really confident in trusting you when they were near death? Yes. But today, 
potty training. Uh, it's on me. I, yeah. I mean, well, and if I fail, I have failed at all of it. And yes. this is a reflection of me. And I mean, I just, you know, really yeah. spiraled with all of that yeah. kind of stuff. And I feel like the Lord did a lot of work on my heart in that over the past, you know, my kids are seven, my oldest are seven. And I feel like he, I'm still working on it, but he, yeah. I, I, I think I sat down at one point and said, okay, I can't fail at this. It's too important. This is what I, I, uh-huh. I've always said, like, this is my act of worship. Mm-hmm. Like parent, being a mom is what I want to give you. This mm-hmm. is my offering, like coming up to you. Yes. And, you know, like, and so it matters so much to me. It's yes. heavy because like, yes. if I'm giving this, if we, this is what I'm giving you, like it's got better be good. <laughs> you yeah. know, because you deserve it. You know, yeah. I feel like God finally was like, okay, you're so afraid of failing. Like what's your, what's your standard for success as a mom? Like what does uh-huh. being a successful mom mean to you? Yeah. And I was like praying through it, thinking about it. And I said, okay, I want to raise kids that know and love the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I heard God tell me like, yeah, okay, but I have a better one. How about you raise kids and know and love the Lord? And it just kind of rocked me because I was like, yes. oh, like he was like, it's, it's, not, it's your not your job. job to raise them to know me and love me. Yes. It's, that's it's, his job. I'm, I'm on that. Like that is, you, you don't need to take something off my plate. I don't need your help with that part. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. And it was just like, and to the point that I was kind of like, and, it, and it's a little bit simple and prideful of me to think that I can do a better job at something. For, that was always God's to do. was never mine. Yeah. That's on his job description. Right, That's right. in his wheelhouse. I'm supposed Let him do to it. tell them about him yes. and model to them what it looks like to fully like follow him and pursue him passionately and have an intimate, authentic relationship with the Lord. Yes. I want to model that and I want to tell them. Yes. And then I want to pray and ask the Lord to like captivate them. Yeah. To like just tie that string around them and pull. That's like what I pray about. Yes. That 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 is what he will do. Yeah. And I don't need to be the one who's like, okay, believe this, believe it. If I, we need to do all the right activities and we need to Uh avoid the the wrong things and do the right Mm -hmm. things. And, you know, I need to say the right things and Mm -hmm. be the right way. And then you'll walk with the Lord and you'll never stray. And you know what? Like, God is still God on his throne and good if my kids, like, do stray from walking yeah. with him. I don't want that. Yeah. But I know he can redeem everything. Yeah. And I'm, I had to kind of change my approach to being like, okay, I want to raise kids and know and love the Lord. Yes. It's not my measure of success is not if my kids know and love the Lord. Yeah. And that kind of, I think, just freed me up a little bit. I yeah. Mean, obviously, that's my prayer, and that's my heart's desire right. for them. Right. But not because I want to be able to claim it because I want that for them. Yes. Because I know yes. that, they, you know, it's yeah. best. And I th- just thinking like that's a high level, big picture mm-hmm. of, you know, what we want for our kids. And I think I, I tend to be like more big picture yeah. anyways, yeah. you know, but what is challenging is in the day to day, what does that look like? Right. Because the reality is we're waking up, right. getting our kids ready for school, exactly. walking yeah. into school. Yeah. Da, 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 and, I mean, and barking at someone to put their <laughs> shoes on. Okay. Just we do always talk about what I say. Put your shoes on first because we can't walk to school and put on shoes. But we can walk to school and 
put the backpack on, the mask and the hoodie. I'm always like, no, do the shoes and then I'll put the hoodie on you while we walk. Yes. <laughs> like, and I think that as I, that as parents, it's like, okay, what does that look like? What does it look like today yeah. to follow Jesus and release my kids mm-hmm. to, to God? You know, I, I don't know. I think it's, I mean, I, I think building so much margin in to praying over them, uh-huh. for them, and with them. Uh-huh. I, I used to ask my mom, like, when my babies were little, like, and this is going to sound bad because it sounds like I'm like, how did you make sure I turned out so good? Like, oh. I mean, I didn't, but I just... But you have a relation. Basically, what you want for your kids is what you're pursuing right, for yourself. Right, right. So, so I'm like, you know, how... How? What was the? What was the what did strategy? You do? What yeah. did you do? What were the rules? Uh huh. Yes. You know, things you had in place, yes. systems in place in your in our home that you think contributed to this working out. So yes. Well, yes. You know, like, and what does she say? She said it's just a lot of prayer. Oh, as always, what she says. And I was always like, okay, I I was looking more for like a book or like a right <laughs> like a, a list of rules, please. I can follow yeah, rules exactly. a little better. Yeah. Like oh, you know, we never let you do this, or we always made you do that. That's what I was looking for, Mom. She's yes. Like, just so much prayer. Yeah. And just like release, you know, and yeah. like what does release look like? Yes. Um, and I, every moment and every day, it's probably going to be really different. Okay, so much good stuff in here, right? I love that part where Sarah talks about being the least qualified to ever walk through the challenges that she went through. Because God doesn't call the equipped, but He equips the called. So what challenges are you facing? What responsibility are you fulfilling that you aren't sure you are doing well or you're not even sure you're going to be able to do it? Is there anything going on in your life where you're asking, okay, why me? If so, I am with you. And here's what I want us to remember. That we serve a God that has a long history of equipping the most unqualified people to walk through things for His glory. So I'm just like going to pick out some random stories from the Bible. Let's go um, Abraham and Sarah. So even though they were super old, they became parents and their children's 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 and so on led to Jesus. Rahab, she's a prostitute living in Jericho and these spies come and knock on her door and she lets them in. And not only does she let them in, then she like boldly protects them. And that allowed God's will to prevail in Jericho. Um, Okay, Mary. Young Mary is engaged to Joseph, not even married. They are engaged. Super normal people. Those two were chosen to be the earthly parents of Jesus. Um, And this is a favorite of mine, Saul. Okay, Saul is out killing Christians. He is killing Christians. And God gets a hold of his life, completely transforms him. I mean, his name even changes from Saul to Paul. And have you seen the map of all the places that God led him to share the gospel of Jesus Christ? It is amazing what God did through Paul. 
and all of these these people they're totally unqualified like they they didn't get to do what they did because they had their credentials for it but they were able to do those things because God showed up and equipped them now let's jump ahead a few thousand years and God is still doing the same kind of stuff today all, all the time he's doing this today and this is why Sarah can can say can honestly say you know what I am a very normal person I would not be the the, the uh, most qualified person to walk through this but God showed up and that is how I did it that is the miracle and the same is true for you and for me that we can be pretty average unqualified people and can walk through challenging circumstances, frustrating experiences, be given really hard things to overcome. And God shows up and equips us for the journey. And that is the miracle that you and I have the opportunity to step into. I hope you found something that you can relate to from today's conversation. And thanks for joining us. If you have any questions or just want more tips for parents, let me know at ilassiter at fbrichardson.org. I'd love to talk with you. See you next time on the Four Parents Podcast.